This episode of Disruption Nation is sponsored by James Kruger, Carey Real Estate. The real estate market's top performing agents must be more to their clients than just salespeople. At Kruger, we know good culture makes connections, builds relationships, and creates value. That's why we are here for our team as a dedicated resource for the best Houston has to offer. Helping our agents to show clients hidden value outside the walls of their homes. Another reason why Kruger Real Estate has the most five-star Zillow ratings of any firm in Houston. Join a team that does more for your success. Join a family at Kruger. So uh, just a quick little, you know, mindset check from me to you. You know, what did you come here to learn today? What would you like to learn today? You know, what follow-up questions can you think of after you hear some of the answers from the people that are here being so generous with their time, that are uh, masters of their craft, and some of the best uh, people that we've got, you know, featured and had on Masterclass Houston in the city. Um, you know, utilize the chat box. Please feel free to uh, engage there. And if you happen to catch this on Facebook Live, make sure you throw stuff in the comments. My team will be checking for questions there also. And, uh, and, and we'll make sure to, uh, you know, to get as many of those answers as we possibly can. But the form is going to be simple. Half of what we're going to do is going to be uh, preset questions, topics, and, uh, and information that I've already kind of talked about a little bit. And then, uh, and then uh, and about halfway through, we're going to go switch to Q&A. And then we'll ride it out and we're going to be done uh right at 11 30. so that is uh that is the deal so i think without further ado i'm going to uh introduce uh lindsey joe mckinley my operations manager she's going to introduce the panelists and she's uh going to give it right back to me i'm going to introduce our co-moderator and then uh and then we'll be off to the race so uh lindsey joe mckinley been with me since october and she's just she's fantastic there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes and i got a couple more of my you know, team that, you know, that's on here, uh, Michael and Jarden, and uh, you probably, you know, communicate with them on some level, but there's just, there's a lot that, you know, that we're able to accomplish. And uh, anyways, I'm so grateful for him. She's been fantastic. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And I've been waiting for it for a long time. You know, when you get somebody that you're working with, you're like, you know, I think, I think they're, they might be better than me here or here, or, you know, there's certain parts of like, this, yeah, that's, that, that's fun, you know, because we're obviously learning a lot from each other. And, so she's, uh, she's doing fantastic. And um, anyway, that is it. Thank the world of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything that you've done. And I'll pass it over to you to uh, enter it, introduce <laughs> who we got today. Right back at you. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, love being a part of this team. Absolutely. Um, okay, so big panel today. I'm super excited to have these wonderful, wonderful top realtors. Uh, you know, sharing value with you. Um, they are fantastic at what they do. Um, they're just wonderful people. So uh, let's start it off. Mr. Zach Richmond, he's with Remax, the Woodlands in Spring. Um, he's just one of a kind. And he, uh, he was actually featured on our, in our July issue of the top 40 under 40 realtors. Um, so yeah, super glad to have you here, Zach. Say hi. <laughs> No, are you kidding me? It's such an exciting opportunity for us. And uh, man, the blessings have come through, but you guys have done so much to support the realtor community and all its vendors. 
I just can't thank you guys enough. So it's an honor and a pleasure for me to be on here, but uh, I'll have to give all the kudos to my team. So even though I'm the beautiful front facing person, uh, my mother-in-law and the uh, five other people on our team really would make it happen. So <laughs> don't tell her I said that I need to go to Thanksgiving. Like don't, don't let her know. She's not watching right now. So sorry. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So glad to have you here. Uh, we also have Miss Kimberly Stevens. She is uh, with Remax Five Star Realty. She was also featured uh in our top 40 under 40 july issue of the magazine and um so yeah we we uh we're really we're really showing some love to our top 40 realtors today um yeah she is wonderful and we're so glad to have you here kimberly thank you i am really happy and honored to to be here as well i'm looking forward to it um just in our little bit of conversations and some of the things that I've heard, I'm really excited for the things that are going to be shared. And I hope that everybody here gets, you know, at least one, uh, one takeaway, even if it's something that you already knew, but haven't put into action, or maybe you just let it go. Um, but super blessed, super thankful for you guys and all you do, like Zach was saying, for the real estate community and for the little people like me to, um, to give us a voice. Um, super appreciative. So... <laughs> Keep rocking it. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, all right. And last but not least for our panelists, Mr. Bill Baldwin with Boulevard Realty. We're so excited he's here. Um, he is a huge supporter of just community in general and uh, his community in Heights. Um, he's doing some wonderful things to really build that community. And um, I mean, I, I personally just look up to him as a person and then for what he does. But yeah, he's, he's incredible. And he is going to share some really amazing stuff with all of you today. Thank you, Lindsay and Taylor. And I can't wait to be featured in your top 55 of 55 year olds. So just whenever you put that issue out, let me know and I'll fill that questionnaire right out for you. And I, I intend to be top 55 of 55 year olds, just so you know. I know I'm excited to be here today and share what little bit I know about real estate. I'm passionate about it. I, I love uh, how it's transformed my life and given me the opportunity to give back. And that's part of life, you know, no matter if you're a nurse or you're a doctor or a policeman, you're giving back. And I think real estate gives us the same opportunity to transform our lives and give back to the communities in which we get to grow and prosper. And so I'm looking forward to sharing today what little bit I might know. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. All right, Taylor. Back on me, huh? Okay, cool. Hey, Back to you, well, Bill. Thank you for your willingness to give. And um, man, I, I love it. I, I told everybody uh, last week when we when we you know had our new panelists, but I was like, Bill, honestly, it's like you're 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 the guy that I'm probably the most excited to talk to you because I I knew Lisa Kimberly is that pretty pretty well. Um, a lot of capacities, and I'm 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 trying I'm gonna get back into the meet here. So, but anyway, I was excited to connect with you, and I'm really excited that you're here and all, all the rest. But uh, but yeah, um, man, I, I got the cover right here and a copy of the issue, and we do have that. that we kind of did that on purpose since that issue just dropped, having you know, three of the top 40 or 40 that were in that issue. And uh, I will segue that into the introduction of the co-moderator, Lisa Benoit, who uh, took me about a year and a half to figure out how not to call her Lisa Carnley prior, because it's on her all her Facebook stuff, but I finally figured out she is married. Her last, her last name is Benoit, but she has been featured and team, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she's been featured more than anybody else that we've done this on because when I first started this in 17, right? Or maybe spring of 18, but um, she was rising star and then, you know, moving on up. Then she turned into broker of the month, one month, you know, and maybe in 19, right? And then 
or maybe that was the beginning of this year. And then, uh, and then, and then we were like, okay, we'll, we'll do top 40 under 40 and boom, there she, there she is again. And she's been on my podcast, Disruptive Nation also, Kimberly's been on that. And um, anyway, so uh, fun fact, so you're hearing from you know, some, some of the best people in, uh, in the city for sure. And correct me on the number, I can't keep up with you. I'm like, you got 30, no, you don't. You got like 60 agents now with Abbey Realty because you're growing like wildfire. And she's like, no, I'm like 100 and what, where, where are you right now? Where are you at? Are you muted? How, how many you got? 150. 150, okay, cool. Um, so I'm pumped. So I'll be interjecting a little bit. A lot of times I can't contain myself, but for the most part, she's gonna be asking the questions to, um, to the panelists so uh oh last chance to give back by the way you know thank you everybody yeah, the panelists already did it you know they, they, they uh, lead by example if you want to share this to your team or your friends or just maybe have it on your feed so you can go find it easily later uh go type in taylor weight offer in your facebook on your phone and just hit share you'll see the live deal as soon as you scroll down and um and anyway you know share the wall because uh, there's gonna be a lot of good stuff coming at you between now and uh, 11 30 we're gonna finish right on the dot but um so it's just after 10 so we got about 90 minutes of of good stuff. So with that, Lisa, I'm passing the time. It is all you. I'm pumped. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to shut up and, and just listen and, and take some notes today. But um, the no pressure, Lisa. Here. No pressure. The floor is yeah. yours. I got lots of notes. So Zach, we're going to start the meeting with you. <laughs> I had a little <laughs> trouble rolling out of bed this morning. So I was wondering if you share with us, uh, what is it do you do to start your day? Okay, so that is a great question, and I'll have to say during uh, the last six months, I've kind of gotten away from that. So I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, I believe in, you know, just trying to do it yourself, you know, don't rely on something that you need that's going to actually pull you down later on. So for me, what I used to do, obviously it doesn't show now, but I used to try and do 20 push-ups, uh, 20 crunches and take a moderately cold shower. It was a lot colder when I first got things going. But if you do that and you get tell yourself some positive things in the mirror, there's no way you could have a bad day. You know, I heard it from a general, uh, it was a Facebook video that blew up and, you know, do 10 positive things and 10 tasks before you even leave the house. And that way you can already leave your house feeling accomplished. So uh, for me, you know, the biggest thing is just to, to be active, to be present, and just to get your day started. So you can obviously tell I have not done that recently at all, but uh, we have been talking with our team. We're getting back to it, and we're going to make this September part of our last quarter and have four months to get back in routine to start for 2021. Are you going to show us? Push-ups. <laughs> Are you going to show us your... <laughs> <laughs> crunches that have happened there for maybe a year so uh Kimberly how do you get started well I believe that the the morning routine like Zach was saying it's super important it directs your day it directs where you're going um one of the things that you know Buffini teaches is that you got to put the oxygen mask on first you know the um you know the stewardess in a plane they direct you if the plane's going down if there's you know any kind of turbulence or things like that if the oxygen mask deploy you have to put it on yourself before you can help out somebody else so taking care of yourself in the morning is extremely important whenever I wake up First thing that happens is the bed is made, you know, there's no, you know, out of crawling back into the bed and you hear a lot of, you know, you know, great speakers say, you know, make the bed, you have a hard time waking up, start with something that is completely simple, mindless motions like brushing your teeth. 
um, doing something you're, you're uh, you know, for yourself, whether it's reading a couple of lines from a, from a book, some self-meditation, like Zach was saying, the affirmations. Um, I work out in the morning because I feel great and pumped and like I can take on the millions of, you know, things that are about to be crashing down on my head during the day. Uh, so it's great to have a morning routine. Miracle Morning is a really good book to read. If anybody hasn't read it or has a morning routine, highly uh, recommend that book. But um, a lot like what, you know, Zach said, I think that the morning routine is important and where it all starts. How about Bill? I am the most predictable person you've ever met. I mean, I have the same routine for 55 years. I'm older than most of you know. Literally, uh, I, I get up around 6.37 and I, I average about a little over 2,000 emails a day and about 1,500 texts a day. So remember, I, I have a, a full basket there, but I, I do a little work between uh, 6.30 and 7, check the emails, get ready. And every day, no matter where I am in the world, I read the local newspaper, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. My children who are 27 and 28 got up on every vacation and went and found the local newspaper. If I'm in Hong Kong or Bangladesh or wherever, I'm gonna read the local newspaper, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And, and it's good to have the different perspectives of what's going on from those three different viewpoints. So, and unlike Zach, I need a little coffee in the morning. So I have two cups of coffee only between 6.30 and eight o'clock in the morning. I, I don't have coffee any other time. I don't have it in the afternoon or anything, but I, I have a little coffee. I return my emails. My agents really start texting me or calling me between seven and eight, 8.30 in the morning, many, many, almost every day. I have some text or, or call from one of the agents, but you know, I have my coffee, get a little work done, read those three newspapers. Uh, and, and then I, you know, I do, I am kind of in a mindset of working. And then for about the last 20 years, I also take off from 1030 to 1130. I'm happy to work seven days a week. I'm happy to work 46 straight weeks out of the year. I tell every one of my clients, every one of my agents, everyone knows, look, I'm going to work every week, seven days a week from about 630 until about 730 or eight, but I'm going to take off from 10.30 to 11.30 to go do my exercise, either run at the park. I don't answer my phone. I don't take the phone. <laughs> it's the one hour a day out of seven days a week that I'm willing to work that I'm not going to return any phone calls, whatever. And then I've had a practice also for uh, almost 20 years. I buy lunch for my staff. They come in at 11.30. We're all there together. They don't make any appointments from 11.30 to 12.15. It's the one 45 minutes I want us to be together. Go schedule whatever shit you want before that or after that. Come together, we have lunch together and, and we're very productive there and then they can go do whatever else that they do. And, you know, I've been that way. I mean, reading those papers and getting a perspective on road reconstruction today in the newspaper or what we're doing to address homelessness or how, you know the new kinder building opening or a new restaurant Mastrantos today underneath my office was featured by Allison Cook all of these sort of things give me an opportunity to reach out to dozens of people either my agents or my staff or or uh, you know my clients or whatever to share information. Yeah, great shout out today at, in the paper from Allison Cook to the Mastrantos guy who happens to be selling a house with me, you know, in Cinco Ranch at the moment. But I think that information has been very good for me uh, and, and very good for my career to know what's going on. So 
can I ask you, uh, it sounds like of all three of us, you're the only one that really doesn't like change very much. I'm, I'm really not. I don't embrace a lot of change. Instead of all this disruption shit that's going on, I just kind of plow through what I'm doing and I wait for that to fizzle and so, I don't jump on a lot of bandwagons. Uh, but, you know, I didn't invest in Google either, you know, so uh, I'm very consistent. Well, so then... Then let me ask you, uh, my next question is, if you can just tell me one or two things that you did change during this COVID coronavirus stuff to, to continue on um, helping your agents with their business, what changes did you have to make? Sure, or, sure, sure. or did you I mean, make changes? I'm a very touchy-feely person. I mean, I, I like connection. I'm a personal connection person. I hate zoom meetings i mean i understand they can be effective but i hate them i i don't i you know i don't believe people's photo on there i, I don't people i don't believe people say what the same thing they would say if they were in person i mean personally i hate them but immediately march 15th i started a daily zoom every day 10 a.m for my agents i wanted us to feel connected i wanted them to know that we were doing something we were providing a certain amount of information even if it was just covid 19 testing sites you know but just total connection with the agents at 10 a.m and then with the staff at noon we've done that and, and are still doing it today. You know, then today, instead of my staff meeting, I told them to come to this one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think being connected to them. And look, we don't even talk about real estate. We talk about what's going on in their life. How, you know, if your father has COVID-19 or how's it going with getting back to school or, you know, have you, look, where's the toilet paper? You know, any sort of connectivity, I think was very important to keep so that people didn't get depressed so that, and look, I, I watched every one of those damn press conferences. I'm the press conference king at, you know, two o'clock the county, three o'clock the city, four o'clock Trump, five o'clock the news to recap it. And, and I got off of it too. Shit, it, it will depress the hell out of you. I have done the opposite. I like information. I go directly to the website to track the ventilators, to track the positivity rate, to track how many beds are open, how many people are in ICU. You can find the information yourself. I don't want somebody to give me their spin, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I, I've been a fierce critic of the county judge that I like and respect. But look, we shouldn't be at level one anymore. You're crying wolf too damn much. If you're always at level one, oh, where yeah. the hell are you ever going to get to level two? I mean, at some point we should have gone to level two or level three. It's significantly better today than it was eight weeks ago. Yet we're still at the most severe rating in the history of mankind. Look, the atomic bomb did no. not go off. <laughs> you know, we got to be we're realistic about some of these things and you have to be able, and for my agents, I give them my perspective. You don't have to agree with me. I don't care if you agree with me, but I am going to give you my opinion about how it works. And, and we tried the same thing information where are the testing sites where is the real information on the ventilators and the icu beds hell you can track them it's you don't have to wait for somebody else to tell you we're out of beds look at the damn website it tells you there's plenty of beds there were all, all right I, and Bill? i want to be, <laughs> I be passionate I about it no more, no more covid no more corona <laughs> well i mean no, no let's just be realistic <laughs> about killing it corona. Yeah. Corona. I, want, I don't want to be insensitive so you're sharing you're sharing um you know with you uh, sharing that information with your agents and stuff like that. So, um, Kimberly, what did you do to make changes? Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, that we did right away was, of course, in encourage, encourage video, encourage the agents to get out of their comfort zone. I have a lot of agents that don't like being in front of the video either. You know, they're also, you know, very 
um, you know, touchy feely, want to be, and we are at like a really social office. We come together every opportunity we can to celebrate anything and everything, even if it's just Monday, you know. Um, but you know, kind of getting outside of that comfort zone and teaching them to be comfortable outside of that comfort zone, and also making sure that they are reaching out to their their clients, reaching out to their prospects, reaching out to everybody that they that they know, showing their care first, and you know, not asking them who they know to buy or sell or some kind of salesman's pitch. Asking them how they're doing, how are their kids? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, obviously, if you're doing a good job as a real estate agent, they know what you do for a living. And whenever they're ready for that portion of their life, you want to be top of mind and just, you know, really encouraging them to to do just that, to to make sure that they're reaching out and they're reaching out with their care first and they're putting out the videos and they're, you know, showing the community that, you know, we are we're really a part of the, the community and that we care about the community. And like I was telling you before, we were reaching out to um, our community asking, you know, who are people that are going above and beyond really um, doing things to help others during this time. And then we highlighted and showcased those people and gave them, you know, our community hero uh, awards. And also, you know, let, let the agents take this as an opportunity to, uh, to market. Cause marketing is, you know, a really good way to, um, to get out there because it's, it's genuine and you have to be genuine. If you're not genuine, just don't do it. Um, I'm not saying like fake a cause because you're going to get some business, whatever you're doing, be genuine in that because people can see right through it. Um, but you know, even like during, during Harvey, no matter what the, you know, no matter what is thrown at us, I believe as real estate agents, the best thing that we can do is show our care first, show that we care for them and the paychecks, the commission, the deals, if you're working by referral, if you're doing the right things at the right time, the business will always take care of itself if you take care of the people. Thank you. How about you, Zach? What changes did you make? So, all right. So I'm going to be, I guess, the black sheep of the panel here because I didn't have that same thing. What changes did I make? Honestly, guys, um, I actually slowed down. And I know that's not like we're, we're here to motivate, but I'm here to be transparent and honest. Like, be real, man. Be real. It's all good. I, I'm real, man. I, you asked me a question, I'm going to tell you the honest truth, whether I want to admit it or not. So, we're having a great year. I'm not going to discount that. But what we are successful on is what we did prior to the COVID breakout. A lot of the deals we were closing, we were already working on and having conversations with people on the last year. So when COVID hit, I actually took an opportunity because this is the first time my wife and I actually had time together. So I actually took a mini sabbatical during this time. Um, my, big, my big part of the business is networking, face-to-face, -face, uh, you know, client calls. I'm the client retention, client prospecting. So uh, my mother-in-law really is the one that took on a lot of the work because she was the one that handles closing out our transactions and uh, making sure from contract to close, it's good. So for me, I actually took a little personal time during this and I was still calling people, you know, still writing letters, but um, I wasn't out hustling like some other people were. But I'd say that because yes, we've had a great year and this is our best year ever. However, now we're in September, October, and we're still producing, but not to the level that we were last October, last September. And so I tell that to you guys, honestly and earnestly, just to say what you do 
um, you know, six months from now will show today. And so I took that time, took a break. I got off that 12 hour a day hustle and now it's shown in our production and we're going to recover from this. We'll be fine. Uh, but you know, I enjoyed that self-preservation time that I spent with my wife just to rekindle our relationship because this business can take a lot out of you personally, emotionally, and physically. And so I use that time just to recoup for the first two months of the quarantine. So not your answer that you want to hear with me saying I kicked butt during the quarantine. I'm paying for it now, but I'm so thankful I did it because our team is more charged up and we are now like steamrolling what we're doing and we cannot wait for 2021 and the close out this year. So September, October will be slow for us. November and December are going to be fantastic months for us. So, you know, take care of yourself. I will say that don't run yourself into the ground. If you can be consistent, build that routine like Bill. Amazing. If you need time for yourself, your family do that too. Just know the consequences, what you sacrifice with your time is also something you're going to be sacrificing somewhere else. So uh, not the answer you're probably expecting, but uh, it's the honest answer. Zach, I actually think that's a great answer, especially uh, a lot of my brand new agents are in here and you know, you, you get, you get what you put into it. And um, you know, when they, when they're looking at you guys, they're, they're probably like, oh my gosh, that's all they do is business all day. But they, they don't see that if you slow down, your business slows down too. So it's really nice for you to put that out there. And it is probably really hard to do because most people are like, no, I succeeded. I didn't fail, you know, but it, that isn't failure because I think the hardest thing is managing your family too. Mm. That to me is, is like up there. It's, it's trying to figure out that time for family and the fact that you took that time out. I think that means a lot. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people emotionally struggling right now, and we feel for them. You know, one of the big charities, you know this, who we support is Yes Youth, which is a mental health and counseling program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, knowing that, I'm actually happier now because I was time, I had time with my wife. You know, I had time at home. And now, like, I have such an excitement with our clients now that they get excited and we're pulling them out of depression. So people feed off of your energy. And mm -hmm. if you can't do it yourself, I mean, you can't be genuine about it. They feel that. So yeah, I took the hit. We're taking the hit now, but it was worth every single penny. All right. Sounds good. So Kimberly, my next question is for you. You have all those awesome plaques and stuff. So you probably have a ton of contacts. So we're just wondering, what CRM do you use to keep up with your clients? Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> like, like we had talked before, Technology is great. We have so many different, you know, opportunities out there. We have, you know, we have Bouge, there's, you know, Top Producer and Follow-Up Boss, and there's, you know, the uh, the referral maker with Buffini. And actually, like, personally, I don't follow up with any of my CRMs on a daily basis. My agents, I see you on here, like, <laughs> well, we can have a conversation about that later, but, you know, I really do think it's great to have a CRM, whether it's a, a free one or whether it's a detailed one, um, especially if you're in the beginning of your business and you don't know who to follow up with. Um, one of the things that I have that I have learned is that, you know, whenever you're working by referral, you're really working your sphere of influence and working your sphere of influence. You have to know who those people are. So having a database is great. 
having a database of 4,000 people, I don't think is so great because you can't stay in front of 4,000 people, making sure that those 4,000 people know who you are and what you do and being top of mind. But if you have a more manageable, you know, group of people who are singing your name, every opportunity they get with their friends, their family and their coworkers, that's where careers are, you know, are born. So, you know, I think that knowing your sphere of influence and having that database is important, but more important, I think is, you know, categorizing that between your A plus, like strong referral partners and your D's who you just delete because they're wasting your time, your money, your energy, and are never going to give you a referral. So, you know, not to say I don't have a system, but I actually do not follow my, my CRM. So I actually have a second follow-up question with that, Kim. So it is okay to just delete people because not everybody needs to be in your con contacts, right? Right. Because a lot absolutely. of people think, right? Say that oh. again. I, I, I say absolutely, absolutely. And whenever I first got into the business, I was actually, uh, I was actually taught and coached that you know the bigger your dat database, the more successful you're going to be. You reach more people. You know whether it's you know you're sharing listings or whatever that that's the best potential that you have to earn income. But you know again, going through the Phoenix courses, I mean it was a hard you know lesson to learn that whenever they asked how many people are in your database, and I'm all like oh, 4,070. He's like okay, you should have like 200. I'm like oh shit. Well I messed that one up but after he went through like you know categorizing it and why it works and how you really want to stay in front of those people who are you know currently giving you referrals and teaching them how to give you more referrals and staying it you know especially in front of the people who don't know how to give you referrals but if they were taught they would and that's where that's where the money's at is knowing the small few versus the masses who don't know who you are and you just can't get in front of that many that many people on a personal relationship level versus just being transactional close it one and done careers are made off of relationships every single day Amen. sounds good how, how about you bill how do you feel well, about that well, how do you feel about well, that crm <laughs> I, I want, you know, I'm the least technological person that you know. I mean, I literally, and I want to give a huge shout out to my staff and that are very loyal and, and know exactly what I mean. I have to Google what CRM means. I don't even, you know, I don't know what PDF means. I don't know how to scan anything. I, I, so, you know, I'm probably not the right one to ask there. I am very good with this little gizmo. And it's called a phone and I can scroll down and see my contacts and send people a text. And that's ba basically how I, you know, AA, I socialize. You <laughs> reach out to drink. people. You know, alcohol is my, C you know, wine is my CRM over here, in case you wondered. Uh, a little bit of fashion tied over there, but I mean, uh, I, I'm probably not the one to ask there. But I, I will tell you that my staff who text me to remind me what I, my answer was supposed to be is that they know how to do it. I don't really know how to do it. I think if you'll stay, you know, another thing we did to go back to your first question, I mean, I bought, I went to this little store noted because we were trying to support small local businesses in the middle of the pandemic. And I bought, you know, a thousand note cards to give to my agent so that they would write a handwritten note. I, I'm not a big fan, you know, and every day I get 30 different CRM sort of people, con you know, calling and emailing. And I, I don't know what makes one better than another. Find a system. For me, it's a personal connection. I don't personal. need a reminder of when their birthday is or whatever that shit does. I mean, I don't know anything about that because I just, I've never used one. I've stayed in contact with people that made a difference. My closing yesterday, they were one of my first clients from 1998, you know, and 
they're still there from their referrals. You know, I've, I've sold hundreds of homes from their friends and coworkers and family. And I think if you are genuine, if you continue to follow up the, you know, like say, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need someone to remind me three times a year to do this, or you haven't contacted them in 108 days or whatever those sort of things do. I mean, I literally don't even know what they do, but I do, you know, we need their address and we need their email address. And I want to send them something, you know, reminder to fight their property taxes or something. But I mean, I'm, I'm not very technical or, or very sophisticated. I'll have to yield to, there's a company that does that, but that's not us. Let me interject one one thing real quick. Make people like you. That's what Bill does. He makes people like you. You're pushing 30 million for the year. You're the number one producer. I was looking at your numbers a second ago on this panel right now, you know, so to hear you say that carries so much weight and I love you picking back right off of what Kimberly was talking about, but I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, when people like you, they're going to want to do business with you. Yeah. Be and genuine. Yeah. Be genuine. I delete people all the time. Shit. If you don't want to have a glass of wine with them, don't do business. I beg people, <laughs> yeah. please do not try and make a client people. or keep someone that doesn't, if they don't think I'm worth 12%, I don't want to do business with them. And someone that wants to fight over 1%, let them go someplace else. There's someone that'll do it for $500. That ain't me. I want people to see inherent value before, during, and decades after the transaction. That's when we're earning money, helping them, you know, with their insurance and a roofer and an air conditioning company and a gift for their wife and what color their paint exterior should be. I mean, we have intrinsic value well beyond, you know, selling a house. So you're all all relationships. So I got two strikes. Let me see if Zach uses an awesome CRM. Zach, could you help me here? <laughs> that is my CRM. There's mine too. <laughs> I, uh, I write You've never done this on a panel. Everybody's like, follow boss. This is where I use Boomtown. All right. So, funny story. We tried a CRM. We did the whole thing. We uploaded all the contacts. I had more contacts. We shared it with the team. We started to go and start to vet out all the the contacts and everything. And all of a sudden, my mother-in-law's asking me who all these people are. And I'm like, well, uh, hooked up with her in college, uh, dated her. And I'm like, uh, we're just the mother-in-law. We're good. You know, we don't need this. We don't delete. But we, we tried it and we just don't use it consistently. I mean, we are so in the moment with people that, we have four whiteboards in our office. One's for listings, <laughs> one's for buyers. And Let two me show you mine. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, exactly I, what we do, old school. You know, if if our building catches on fire, there goes all my leads and contacts. You know, I, a CRM system is good if you use it. It doesn't matter what it is. It's if you use it. And we just found out that we are much better. Like Bill just said, we go to the phone, you know, if I haven't, I look through and if I haven't texted somebody, I see that last time we called them was like, or texted them was like six, nine months ago, a year ago. Like I'll do it, but I do it whenever I'm feeling it. You know, the thing with the CRM systems where they do the, the three month call, the six month call, these drip campaigns, it feels so robotic and people feel that. So when I do it, I've got to be like in the mindset, like let's connect with people. And so that's when I'll go through and I'll start to call people. And I try to make 20 calls a week and I do it. I do it whenever I'm feeling like, I know that's not consistent. I know that's not what you want to hear about. These are the five steps to success. 
I do it when I know I'm going to be the most authentic. Um, so my CRM system is my phone, text. It's I go through, maybe I look at my past client list whenever I'm feeling like reaching out and chatting with some people. But like Bill said, if you don't want to have a glass of wine with them, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call them. I mean, we have about 5% of the people we work with that we probably won't reach out to again. Sorry to say that. We love everybody and we thank them for the transaction. But, um, you know, it is all about relationships and it is all about authenticism. So, you know, if you're not authentic about it, it doesn't matter how many times you call somebody or not. We picked up a client because they said, you know, we liked our realtor, but every year at the same time, every single time, he'd always call me. And we're just like, we thought that was kind of weird. You know, for some people, they think it's great, but don't be a robot. Be authentic about it. You know, that's the main thing. So we're going to probably look into a CRM system, but it'll probably oh, fail because just we're not, don't do it. <laughs> we're not going to use it. I mean, it's about entering the data and keeping the data like the integrity of the data has got to be great. I mean, we could be so far behind on data for people. They may get divorced, they may get married, they may be at a different, you know, job. And so, you know, I'm asking about all this stuff and they're like, we didn't know we left our company like two years ago. And I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> so how's the kid? And like, oh, not well. And I'm like, and oh, I, awkward. I think the point is, and this is how we do it. You may do it differently. You may need the structure and, and newer agents. I think it is more important. So I think it's, you know, if you're listening now or later, it doesn't mean that we don't think it's good for you. It's just not good for us. Right. And so find yeah. that's the beautiful thing about real estate is find what works for you. You know, some many, and look, half of our competitors, are in the technology business. They're not even in the real estate business, right? And they're very effective of selling houses, but I don't think they're effective at building relationships. And if right. that's, an, you know, to me, the number was, I'd rather do 30 million of genuine sales than I would $180 million or something that's not so genuine because I wouldn't be able to give back to my community and visit with my agents and visit with my children. So find what works for you, I, I think is, is probably the point we need to make because we're not saying slam and never do a CRM. We're just saying no, that's, we don't that's do a That's great CRM. that you say that because I actually teach a lot of the new agents how to use the CRM. But I think personally, you know, I'm with Zach right there with the paper and pen. So um, well, all of y'all are talking about relationships, then it sounds like Y'all have a ton of business in the pipeline. So have you guys ever paid for leads? Do you pay for leads? And has it been successful? So I'm going to ask Bill that since he's shaking his head. And if you tell me real quick, yes, no, yes, no. No, 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 no. It never works. It's not who we want to do business with. So it doesn't work for us. <laughs> no. That's, that's what I want. No Zillow shit. No, 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 no. Not for us. So how about you, Kimberly? No. No, so so yeah. even if you paid like a thousand dollars for leads, no, it's it's like what what Bill said. It's the people that we want to break bread with, the people that we want to have you know wine and happy hour with, the people that you we you know we would want to invite us to their birthday parties and baby showers. It's not some cold, unloyal person that is going to use us, abuse us, and not respect us, and certainly not value you, regardless of how much you know your value and try to display that, because they'll just, like, go to the next, you know, the next person, not loyal. So, I know Zach pays for Zillow or something. What, you spend, like, $5,000 a month, Zach? 
Yeah, you know, I spend like 80,000 a month on Zillow leads and we get all the best people in the world that care about buying and selling. No, um, we have, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, not at all. We do not pay me That's not Zach. No, so like, let's look at, let's take the analytical side. So I used to be a commercial real estate before I became an agent. Um, about 1% of those leads are actually going to convert to clients and they show that it's on average about nine to 12 months. So you're going to pay about $12,000 to maybe do one transaction uh, a year from now. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where you have to look at your labor, your time, what's most valuable. I was sitting with an agent yesterday who asked me, Hey, Zach, what can I do to try and build up my business? And look, you have to help the realtor community. We are all a group together. We are all professionals that build up the quality of what we deliver and our perception as a whole. So he was talking about buying leads. I said, what could you do with that time spent? Could you, you know, do a block party for your neighbors? Could you do uh, coffees? Could you do lunches? What could you do that was going to be face to face with people where you can actually build a genuine connection? Take them to, you know, dinner, do something like build a genuine relationship with them instead of buying for leads. Like Kimberly talked about having 200 like close cheerleaders for you is much better than having 10,000 acquaintances. You want to be in the top three conversation for every single time a family's wanting to buy or sell a house. You just want to be in the arena. You don't have to be the number one all the time. You just want to be in the arena. And so to do that, you need to get warm leads. If there's somebody that recommends a friend or, you know, another agent that they might know or somebody that's calling them over the phone, who are, who's going to win that battle? Somebody that doesn't know you from Adam or somebody that gave a lukewarm lead to their friend. And, you know, we built our business strictly on coffees, lunches, dinners, um, golf outings, charitable functions, volunteering. I mean, shoot, the first hold deal. On, hold on, Zach, charitable, charitable, your charitable events. Talk about those real quick. Uh, well, we actually set up our own charitable event. It's a third-party event that goes to the organization I talked about earlier, Yes to Youth, uh, Montgomery County Youth Services. It's called Shelter for Shelter. So what we did is we thought, okay, hey, our business is about serving to the best of our God-given ability, exceeding expectations always, and giving time and resources back to the community. This isn't just about transactions. We need to make this about something bigger than all of us. So in our first year, we said that we just decided there's a new shelter for homeless kids in our community that needs to be constructed and built and expand. So how can we do that? Well, we don't have the money for it. So why don't we get a bunch of people who believe in the cause and put on an awareness function? And so we put on an event the first year we did at Mercedes Benz of the Woodlands that had 220 people show up, which blew, it blew our minds. Hold, uh, on, they, hold on, no money. I just want everybody to pay attention to this. No money. 220 people showed up at Mercedes Benz and like talk about the evening and the night and the people that were there and what all happened. Cause I think I'll donate a good amount of money. In addition yeah, so, three, so three hours. So what we did is we said, we didn't have the money now. So how can we still pay it forward? Right. We got people to help cover the cost of the event. So it cost us nothing. We got all these people to hear about the organization, what the cause is, get on board. Most people end up volunteering and donating more money without us even asking. But what we did is we donated 25% of our commission for every single deal we closed after that fact until we hit, at, our, at that point, it was 25,000. We've kept that going. So um, it was cool because at the closing, we sat down with our people and said, because of you working with us, 
we're able to give a thousand dollars to the homeless youth shelter in your name. You know, we're keeping the tax benefit, but you get the recognition. And so we've done that now for four years and we've raised over $200,000 for the homeless youth shelter in our community. And we've had over 670 people attend in the four years. This year we had to shut it down to only 70 people in person, but we did it during COVID and we raised $69,000 from sponsors and from people at the event. We raised $4,400 for them to shave my beard and me wear it for a week. So that is something that you make an impact on, like Bill said, the community, but it didn't cost us money at the time. We did it from our commissions that we were already collecting. So we just budgeted to be leaner during those months after uh, the event. You guys don't have to go that grand at all, but just volunteering, being in person, like people are gonna work with people they know, like, and trust. And if they, you're working, packing food, moving stuff, helping them during Harvey get clothing, side by side with them, they're gonna say, well, he, they, he or she spent their time serving other people. They must be a decent person. Let me get to know that person. And you already have a common icebreaker so just serving your community, boots on the ground, is the most impactful thing you can do than spending $10,000 a month on buying leads or $2,000 or $1,000. Be an actual human being. Yeah. And, and so Lisa, and I apologize. Thank you for letting me interrupt there. I just, I wanted people to understand, you know, this is new. This is, you know, and, and he did four mil pretty quickly within his first, I think, couple of years. And, and now where are you at? And you're knocking on the door at 20 for the year, right? Uh, like actually, four years. There's new constructions. You can't see some of the stuff, but we're going to close at the end of October, 29 million. That's great. Okay. So anyway, starting from four mil four years ago. Anyway, and that's how you do an awesome Actually, event. four million is when I talked to you. We actually closed it at 9.1 our first year. <laughs> After okay. the event, we blew up. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go, go uh, be vulnerable, shave a beard and do a charity event with no money and make a lot of good connections and give back at the same time. But I mean, all that to say, it's been a lot of hard work, but you have to make the time you have to carve out like Bill does. You have to carve out time for that. You can't always be focused on stuff. There's sometimes I don't want to get up and go and volunteer, but when you get there, you just feel so much better. Like it's always funny. You want to do it to help the cause and the organization, but I always end up taking away more than what I was able to give. And so it's something humbling to realize that what we're doing is serving people in this transaction and in this real estate purchase, just as much as we're serving people in our community that are in need. There's no difference at all. So be that person every single day and it takes work and it's hard. And I took two months off and look what happened. So. Well, you answered pretty much almost all of my questions. So um, I'm going to ask Zach because I know you the best to, to go ahead and start up with this question. So I actually have a lot of brand new agents on here and mm -hmm. I, I always like to ask questions on their behalf. What was your, <laughs> biggest challenge when you got started what was the, the the just the hardest thing for you oh man um everything <laughs> um honestly uh, it was i knew this when we got into this i talked to a bunch of agents and i heard a bunch of brokers and friends tell me like it takes time it takes time it takes time but even today you know we've done good numbers and we you know i still am always thinking, all right, we're, we're so close to failing. What do I have to do to make sure I do whatever I can to make sure we're going to keep going. We're going to build our pipeline. We're going to be successful. So, you know, for me, um, the biggest thing I had to battle was my own patience and not to get 
so frustrated early on and just know that if you do the right things, if you do the basics and you are consistent with them over and over and over, the money will come and the clients will come. Just do the right things and work on your foundation. And I got so caught up in looking at what everybody else was doing, where I was so focused on how good they were doing versus not how can we make our business strong, if that makes sense. So what would you suggest to someone new? You know, controversial here, but what we started doing is when I had, I was very emotional, very roller coaster mm -hmm. on emotions. One day I'd come in excited, the next day I'd come in angry, world's on fire, this is the worst thing, why did I do this? Uh, the biggest thing that happened for us that made us successful was we started Monday Bible studies. So we start every single Monday at 9.30 with a Bible study, and we get rooted in the fact that there is a greater purpose to all of us, and don't let the woes and tribulations of the day take you away from what's really happening. And so when you're able to take that burden of it's not just me and you start to believe that God will take care of us if we do the right thing, um, that takes a big weight off your shoulder uh, of you personally feeling like it's either you're going to fail or not based on your, whatever you do. It starts to make you see, okay, what's God's plan in this? What can I learn from this? What is he teaching me? And it makes you more rooted in the fact that we are here to serve and not here to want the transaction more than our clients want it. So thank you. That, that's really great advice. Kimberly, your challenges and what'd you do? Um, you know, I think that, you know, as a, as a new agent, everybody's, you know, challenge is, you know, what do I, what do I do? How do I get my name out there? How do I get these people to use me and listening to so many different um, people um, you know, maybe they don't have, you know, a good coach or mentor such as, you know, yourselves in a good brokerage. Maybe they, you know, are at one of those places where they don't, they don't pay anything and they don't really have the support. So they're just, you know, looking out on Facebook at what other people are doing or what other successful agents are doing. Or maybe there's just a group of new agents trying to help each other and build each other up. So many like, um, misdirections out there that you can go as a new agent with with no guidance and I'm no no different than that whenever I came in I was just trying to figure out what worked and where do I spend my time in the midst of all of you know my personal challenges in my life and all of the different things that I had you know going on and trying to figure uh figure that out so the you know I, I saw a change you know honestly whenever I started becoming intentional intentional about what I was doing with my money, intentional about what I was doing in my marketing, figuring out, okay, well, yes, these people are successful, but I'm not going to do what they're going to do and just be successful. Why are they doing it? The why behind what they're doing um, and really taking a the time to to understand that, not being reactionary to the day and letting the day just present itself and being distracted and going to like networking functions and having the time of your life with realtors and thinking like, oh, that's how you're going to get business. Um, it's fun. Yes. But, you know, being intentional and proactive is where, you know, where my business kind of split off and, um, you know, be, being competitive by, by nature, the, the awards, um, 
you know, I really wanted one of these shiny awards in my, my first year that I got close. Uh, our first award level is at $50,000 with, uh, with Remax. It's the executive award. And I was like at $49,750 or something like that, like stupid shy, like not even a least shy, but I didn't know because I wasn't even looking at my numbers until like January, whenever the no, the numbers no longer, you know, counted. Right. So I wasn't intentional about it then until I realized I was so close. And the next year, whenever I became intentional, I made $120,000. I never got that executive award level. I went above and beyond to the 100% level. And, you know, I increased my production every year after that by taking what I learned being intentional um, and, and proactive and really, um, paying attention to my dollars earned and who I was spending my time with and working on those relationships um, versus trying a million different things and hoping something works. Um, just finding out what worked for me is what changed my business. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to interject, but I have to double up on what Kim really just said. <clears throat> We're going to have our company retreat tomorrow. And actually, I'm going to drop on them. Our mission for 2021 is to be intentional. We've got so caught up in all the activities of what we've been trying to do that we got away from the basics. And so whether you're, you're new or whether you're seasoned, you still have the same issues. The scale is just different and experience and time will cover all that stuff. So we're trying to do what Kimberly just said and get back to her mindset of being intentional uh, because we've kind of slipped away. Like we don't do our routines and all that stuff like we used to. So awesome words, Kimberly. Thank yeah, thank you. you. Bill, what about you? You know, there's a couple of questions going on here, but I started over, I, I came out, moved to Houston in 1998. I did not know a soul and I did not have a dime. And, and I really chose real estate because I didn't think I was employable. I didn't think anyone would hire me. So it was the easiest way to be self-employed. So I didn't start out passionate you know, for any particular reason, but I wanted to succeed and I wanted to be a top producer and I, I worked very hard. And, and I try and tell my new agents, find some area where you can be an expert. For me in, in 98, literally, I focused on a very small pocket of Norhill Heights and I studied every transaction in 97, who sold them, the average interest rate, the average repair allowance, the average day to close, you know, then I studied every house that was for sale and I knew it. And then I'd, you know, fight for a listing. And then someone would walk in my listing and say, I like it, but I want this. And I'd say, look, that's Richard Hill's listing. It's across the street or it's Mel Reina's listing and it's open today from two to four. And I knew the inventory. And then people would come back to me and say, you listen to me, will you help me buy that house? And, you know, become an expert. I am a historic preservation expert. I am a new construction expert. I am a flooding expert. No one in the city knows more about flooding than I do. And I share this information with agents every day. I have at least 10 agents a day from other firms call me and ask questions about historic houses, how the historic commission works, protected landmarks, or what do I think about the flood risk of this house or this neighborhood? Or, or And look, we're branding to this realtor community. If you can't get along with other realtors, you're doing your clients a disservice. So, you know, short answer, find one area that you're an expert in, one area that you're passionate about dogs, child abuse, sex trafficking, passionately go work in that area, bond with people who are like-minded, you know, talk about real estate to anyone that you can, but you've got to find something that you're really passionate about in addition to real estate. And then I think you'll do business with people that you like, you'll have fun doing it, and you'll continue to grow that. And 
just like they've exactly said, do not try and be all things to all people. Look, I'm not a relocation expert. I'm not, a, I, we have an office in Galveston. I am a really smart realtor, but I'm not competent to go sell a house in Galveston because I don't know that market. I don't know the flood, you know, the hurricane rules or, you know, give that to someone who knows that get back a referral or not or whatever. But I mean, I couldn't look, I'm not a farm and ranch expert. I'm not a, you know, don't do what you're not best suited to do because that's not in your client's best interest. And they will know that. Don't think of yourself. If you'll work for your client and passionately on their side, we're not commercial people. Don't, I tell my agents, don't try and do commercial, <laughs> give that to the commercial people. That's what they do. And I know when you're new, you're, you're trying to do everything. Focus, 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 <laughs> stay focused on one thing first, get it down and then go add to that or whatever. So, I mean, I think that was part of my success is know your limitations, but be knowledgeable about something so that you truly are the expert in those areas, you know, whether that's helping people who are divorced, helping people with small children, helping people from your church. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Find one thing and then grow that thing. Sounds good. Thank you. So Taylor, you, you going to get to work here now? <laughs> well so we actually have some questions in the chat i can't hear you you're you're on mute so yeah, i don't know unmute. all right unmute unmute real quick real quick on the divorce so dixie sanders um she mentioned this on the first one and i thought it was brilliant and i think i got a message text from her a second ago i can't see her on my screen if, if you're here please say something i'd love to hear from you real quick but anyway she said that she's like every all your realtors she's been doing mortgages for 30 years i think she was like, pay attention. She was like, there's probably going to be a market for the divorce rate. So my question to the panelists is, have you noticed or seen that yet? Because where the business is booming, because people are like, man, I'm tired of my house. I can't go anywhere as often. So I want to um, get a bigger house. Um, I think that plays a part. How, but have y'all noticed a difference in, because uh, I, I, I think that that's a real thing. I think that that has the potential to be a real market, you know, after this is all over and done with, or maybe it's starting already. I mean, it's just, you know, have y'all noticed that at all? Yeah, yeah it's happening. Yeah. Yes, you can just leave it at that if you want. Um, Kimberly, yes, no? Yeah, yeah. I've actually so, had to had to deal with a few on the on the divorce side so far. So I mean, and it's a different ball game, and you need you need to be mm -hmm. well versed and have a good title company that you you have to have your back in those. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, yeah. you're you're kind of double doubling down, right? I mean, you're helping people. It's a tough situation. Right. Oh yeah, I mean you're, you're selling a house and helping them buy two more houses. That's a, that's a serious market. Pay attention to that. Um, we do have questions coming in, and that was where I was about to go, Lisa. I'll, I'll let you ask them. I was just going to say, uh, please drop your questions in the comments if you're catching this live on Facebook. We're picking them up. Okay, my team, we're we're, we're paying attention to that. And then if you're here in the Zoom link, um, drop them in the chat, and we will uh, get to those. And uh, but I have some surprise announcements and updates at the end of this deal, by the way. Yeah, right. Oh, right. you we'll get out cut of here. me off whenever, or cut I'm, one of them off whenever you want. Yeah, Twenty-five ish. You know, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up. I'll I'll say a few things and we'll get out of here. But uh, but yeah, for the next thirty minutes or so, let's uh, let's hear from people that uh, that have a question that they would like answered. So. Well, so we have a question here, um, and I wish I was eighteen when I started. So whoever asked the question, um, hopefully you get a good answer for this. Um, I have a question on behalf of my son. He's in the process of getting his license. 
he's 18. What advice can you give to help him over, um, he says, what would be your advice so he can overcome his biggest challenge, which I think will be his age? Grow a beard and look older <laughs> as quickly as you can, but go be an assistant. Go be an assistant for seven years. It's tough to make it at 18. No one's going to respect you. No one old with a lot of money is really going to use an 18-year-old. Go mint, find a mentor. Find someone you admire and go work for them and get a wealth of experience uh, and I then go out and try and do it on your own later. <laughs> Yeah. I think there is a market. I think I think that, you know, one of the things that, that they can that they can do if they're serious about it, they need to be serious about it and really not treat it like a hobby and they want a career. They need to be proficient in what they know and be, you know, considered a trusted advisor. You know, I, I look really young. I'm not, I am knocking on 40, but it's one of the challenges that I had is, you know, looking, you know, looking as young as I did whenever I got into the business 10 years ago and, you know, people looking at me that way, but whenever I opened my mouth and I started talking to them and I learned that I had to speak to them a certain way so they would understand that I knew what I was doing. This was my craft and I would, you know, be the best person for them and have their back because, you know, I was the knowledgeable one who, you know, is able to guide them to the transaction. I actually have several young agents that um, have joined my agency and they're doing really good. My race for our rookie, uh, rookie of the year right now is on fire. They are doing so amazing and they are young and they are hungry, but they're doing the videos. They're utilizing the technology. They're on social media and Instagram. They're finding their niche. They're reaching out to their network. They're helping, you know, I've, I've helped, you know, buyers and they're helping buyers that are 18 years old figure out how to purchase homes at that young of an age and how awesome will it be whenever they're my age and they're getting in and they're proficient and they've already learned the stuff heads up on me all day long. I think that as long as they, they treat it seriously and they learn it, um, that they'll do just fine. Yeah. Wow. That was fire. That exact. Uh, I'm going to have to side in between both of you guys. <laughs> um, honestly, I think at 18, look, this business, I think being an 18 year old in real estate is a phenomenal thing. I will not discount that at all, but there are some things in life that you haven't gone through. And this is a serious financial transaction for a lot of people. So I'm not going to say work seven years, but I will say be on a team. You need in the beginning to be working with somebody that can help protect you from, from what you don't know. Not that you're not going to be one to serve or have the vigor or the fire I think that we have somebody on our team that just turned 21 and she is a freaking rock star, but she started off as our transaction coordinator. Now we're transitioning her to a full-time agency, but she knows the business and things to look out for just as well as any of our buyer's agents. So she got that initial knowledge. And so now when she meets with clients, actually people want to end up working with her because she's got that excitement, that vigor, but she also is not afraid to say, I don't know. And I think a lot of times younger uh, people are trying to prove so hard that they know everything and that they're afraid to ask. And this is, this is a big financial investment for a lot of people. So I say, have your son work with a team that will work with him. He can still be on the buyer's agent side. You need to be an assistant, but that is a great way to start is being an assistant. 
and having some it sort just gives you the financial security what i find is some of these 18 21 year olds do well but they don't have the consistency and then they go three months without it being an assistant and being able to do some transactions and of course we all did started with a bunch of leases and five years later those people will be buying houses but yeah. i think the stability of being uh, uh, you know getting a steady paycheck working with other mentors doing a little transaction on your own is really the way to have long-term success so i don't want to be pessimistic about it. i guess i yeah. guess what you're hearing is that there's multiple ways to skin a cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think yeah. that one thing that we all agree on is that they need to take it serious because it is the most you know important financial transaction that most people make within their lifetime and it's not to be taken easily so it's not some you know it's not some hobby it's not some like Oh, like we said in the beginning, oh, this is an easy, you know, an easy way. It's not, it's not easy. It's, it's hard, blood, sweat, and tears. You know, the best of the best have all felt that at one time or another and multiple times. And you have to be emotionally ready to be able to combat that. So you have to have, you have to have the support, um, you know, either, either way. And one of the things that I'd like to back on that, uh, that Zach said is regardless of you're 18, if you're new or if you're, you're seasoned and haven't heard it yet, it's okay to say, I don't know. You don't want to put yourself in the liability of saying, oh, well, it's this because you think it is and you want to feel like you have the answer because you don't want to sound dumb. Don't do it. That's how you put yourself in a lot of you know, legal issues and getting sued because you don't know the answer and you're too afraid to say, I don't know. And you think I you're going to do it today. You like I still say it all the time. I'm like, you know, let me find out. You know, hey, I know somebody that's an expert. This. Let me find out. I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak let me find out yeah and you get back to them in a reasonable amount of time and it's all gravy but yeah I mean when I shoot when I was 18 you know I can't even talk about it this is recording so <laughs> you know, I, hey like I'm, I'm all behind Kimberly on that one I think you could do real estate at any age as long as you have a mentor or a coach I have a lot of successful agents I have 18, 19, up to 25 years old that's doing amazing right now. And it's all about having someone to support them. So, I mean, everything you guys are saying is, you know, find someone that's going to help you mm -hmm. and, 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 and get the help and ask a lot of questions. If you don't Great ask question. questions, you're not, you're not doing enough. <laughs> it's your tease. Have your son uh, reach out to Lisa Benoit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a couple cool questions on here. So um, I don't know if you guys had a lot of issues during COVID. I, I had so many deals fall through um, with, with my newer agents just because they chose the wrong lender. So uh, I have someone who is a mortgage broker, uh, I think an LO on here, and they're a new lender. And they're asking, what is it do you look for? And what things do you look for in the in a uh, lender what's your expectation so um, honesty don't tell us what we want to hear tell us the damn truth so that we don't waste our time <laughs> and, and call us quickly you know it's, it's the same as the realtor if you don't respond to me in an hour look we moved on to somebody else so i mean i, I want brutal honesty i don't want to go to a transaction because it might work uh, i want people to just tell us the truth so that we can prepare later, you know, wait for the appropriate time, make more money, raise a credit score, whatever you need to do, but don't lead us on and don't not call us back. Communication's the key. My, uh, my biggest experience with loan officers is there's a lot of great loan officers out there that will smooth you, wine you, dine you, great talkers, fun to be around, but I've had the most success with the quirky, quiet mortgage officers. 
And I tell them, they're like, you know, hey, I want to try and get you leads, Zach, and all that stuff. I said, look, I'm going to send you the deals. I'm the salesperson, but you are the one that is an extension of us. If something goes wrong and you don't let us fix it or notify us early on, like Bill said, that's going to come back on us when it doesn't go through. So you have to understand, like, you have to protect our reputation because we're putting a lot of trust into you. And so during COVID, you know, the mortgage banker that we primarily use, um, he was staying on top of everything federally. So he would know what was happening, whether it was with real estate, with the economy, with forbearance, he knew everything that could affect and would affect. So that way we could try and hedge some of the issues that might come about. So we were very proactive on a lot of things. And we put in clauses if we knew there was some questionability to protect our clients, whether it was on appraisal or other things for them to get out and protect their earnest money. And for those that had, you know, um, come in with buyers, we would make sure that multiple would um, actually qualify, not just one person individually. So he, he told us some of that stuff and gave us some of that advice. And so having a knowledgeable, you know, communicative mortgage officer is more important than going to a Rockets game, a Texans, going out to a fancy dinner. Those are all fine and dandy, but I don't entertain them because I need to know you're going to close it for me and you're going to close it well. Sounds good. I, I agree 100% <laughs> with everything that, that you two said. Like that is, that is perfect. Communication is key, not only to the real estate agent, because, you know, we do need to know, we need to have that opportunity if there's something that we can step in and we can fix, um, you know, but also to, to the client, keeping the client informed and not having them, you know, during the period where everything's happening in the background, thinking that nothing is, nothing is happening, um, answering their questions, because again, this is a huge um, financial transition for, for them. And they're putting a lot of trust in, in all of us. So uh, those unanswered questions, while it might be an easy one for, for a loan officer who's proficient in that, you know, in that, in that craft, it might be something that's keeping them up at night that is making them have a horrible morning. And then you're going to catch the brunt of it whenever you finally talk to them. But the real estate agents probably already caught the brunt of it. So now you have two people that are unhappy with you. So communication on both levels is like, it, it's key. Um, and, you know, like, like Zach was saying, one of the really great things about having a uh, a lender who's in front of all of the changes, especially what we just went through with the pandemic, when all of the, the lending kind of, you know, changed in front of us, we had down payment assistance go away, we had scores that were raised, we had things that were changing on a daily and a weekly basis, and having somebody that stayed in front of us, um, telling us, hey, these are the changes that are just happening, these changes are going to happen on the 30th, these changes are going to, uh, you know, about to happen, hey, down payment assistance programs are back, here's what we're about to be able to do gives the agents an opportunity to, to market, but more importantly, to educate their clients and the community about what to expect because setting expectations is key. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, <laughs> not, the, not the most exciting thing to say, but uh, I honestly feel like it's the most important thing for me as the mortgage banker that I work with. He told two of our clients during COVID, you should not be buying a house right now. And you guys need to wait a year and you guys need to do X, X, and X. And in nine to 12 months, you will be in a better position for you to buy a house. He makes sure that they're not house rich yeah. and cash poor because we want to make sure our clients stay in our homes for more than seven years because that means we've done a good job. So, I mean, oh. I was happy. I was thankful. He gave our people a plan after he told them this is not a good time. Yeah. 
wasn't mad. That's I was good. thankful because they're like that's relationship building. That's 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 good. Yeah. With me, he told me what I needed to know, and we are ready to go. Call us in six months, and we're gonna start planning for this. And like that is an extension of your network and shows how genuinely you care about them and not the transaction. So uh yeah, <laughs> not probably what you want to hear, but it, we loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. So well, so we talked about buyers. So um on the listing side, uh there's it's still a seller's market. What's your listing strategies right now? What are, what are you guys doing? We're brutally are... honest with them. We're, we, we don't need another listing with 17 different colors and brown crap everywhere and stained stuff from 1990. I, I can't sell it. I, I just, I'm, you can fix it or I'll be the third realtor and sell it. There's no point, you know, and they don't want to do anything. Shit, nobody buying it wants to do anything either. So, I mean, they're going to buy the one that's already remodeled. If you're not brutal, you know, say, oh, it's worth a million, but I want to try a million fifty nine. Well, do you just try that on your own for a while and then come on back and let me, the market will tell you what it's worth. I, I tell my agents, look, they're hiring us because we are professionals. We should be confident. We should tell them exactly what we feel and not what they want to hear. And we're brutally honest. I, I cannot sell it like this. This is what you need to do. And I think they, they want their professional in their career. They want a professional to tell them exactly what to do. And if they don't, there again, I'll be the third guy and it'll be just fine or whatever. I'm listing 433 Cortland today. It was on the market with another firm. 67 days never had a showing it's 14 damn colors and i had a red backsplash you no one was gonna buy that we made them paint every damn thing change the backsplash and everything i'm putting it on later today and i bet i have multiple offers on this house because it's beautiful clean and white today and it's i mean sometimes you do want to be the second guy but i, I think the key with with communicate also sellers want to hear from you when it's not going well don't avoid them <laughs> you still need to talk to them on a regular basis about, even if it's just the state of the market I, i've had some deals you know no house sold in the height area nine more than a million four in the months of may june and july well i had 10 of them that were a million six if i did we didn't lose a buyer to anyone else and they stuck with us because look it got better. We got eight under contract in August. Now there's 10 that sold, you know, the market's recovering at 1.6, 1.7. It was going to do better at 500,000 to 800,000, right? In the middle of a pandemic, that was the booming area. Communication is really the key to success over there and being brutally honest, I think. Sounds good. Are, are you brutally honest, Zach? <laughs> there's no sugar coating on this panel lisa <laughs> yeah so I, don't know. I, uh, I we do we do but we don't go in guns a blazing but we do deliver it and we do expectations <laughs> uh, you know we did fire somebody last week because they said they were going to do the things that we had asked of them and we told them the things that we were going to do it's a mutual transaction and like Bill said, they're hiring you because you are their trusted advisor. So you have to know, you don't have to know, you can ask, but you can be confident, especially the newer agents. It's okay. They're going to ask you because they're trusting you uh, on what your opinion is. So, you know, just keep educating yourself on the market. But we have a really good stager on our team that lets them down slowly. She's cute. She's adorable. And she's very, very nice. And so she tells them the hard way, the nice way. But we prep, we prep them when we're at the listing appointment and we tell them, you know, hey, 
These are some things that we're going to require out of you. This is what you're going to get from us. This is what we require from you. And if that's not something that's going to work, then we can't. We have, we've now implemented something. If people want to list, list the house over 15% of what our suggested price is, and we may bring that down to 10%, we don't, we don't take the listing because we're not in the business of holding listings. We're in the business of selling properties. Thank and you. So, that's awesome. It is. Trust me. When you have a beautiful house and you're like, man, this thing's going to sell, but then they list it like 20% over, you're stuck with it. And then they're asking you why it's not selling. They're hounding you, berating you all the time. And like Bill said, I'd rather be the second or third agent on that deal rather than the first one. So we're now implementing a policy now because people are trying to shoot for the moon because they know it's low inventory that if they're not going to do within reasonably what we requested them, they can't do everything, but they are not reasonable about it, then we're not going to take on the listing. So, well, Kimberly, I heard you could sell anything and everything 30% over a list list. Is that right? Oh, yeah, right. I, I, I wish. Yeah. It's all, it's all magic and unicorns over here. It's, it's great. Um, I actually, uh, I want to take a step, a step back because I think it, it's great to definitely know your value, be able to, um, to share your value and get them to understand your value. Once you have the opportunity to have them in front of you and talk about, you know, your stager and talk about what you're going to do to be able to list the property and set the expectations and make sure that, you know, they uh, they look at you as a proficient person in your craft and that they trust you and that they, you know, that they reasonably like you that afterwards that they're going to refer you the, the business. But, you know, how do you how do you get that opportunity to get in front of them? You know, I think that that's a big question for a lot of um, new new agents. The first thing that I would challenge everybody to do is go online, Google yourself look at your Facebook, go through your Facebook. What does your Facebook say? Does it show that you're a real estate agent or does it show you're out partying? Does it show that you are even, you know, out there doing the business? Because if, you know, if, if they're looking at you, they're probably going to look, look you up, you know, even if they tell you that they're not, they're probably going to look you up and they're going to look you up on Facebook. I know for each agent that comes in my office, I certainly do before I ever have my interview with them to see what they're, what they're about. Um, and I think that that says, that says a lot. I think that, you know, working by referral is a great way to get, you know, um, great leads on listings, because again, they're going to be more, more loyal when you get them, but chances are, if you have somebody singing your name, like they're they're hearing a coworker or a family member or a friend saying that they're about to list a house and you're like, oh my goodness, you have to use that. You have to use Bill. You have to use Lisa. They are amazing. Don't call anybody else until you talk to them. Whenever they come in and they're coming into that appointment and they're, you know, you know, given that opportunity to you, chances are they're not going around and interviewing 20 other agents and getting them one, the person that's giving them the highest price. that's not going to sell just because they want to get the listing. And number two, the person who's giving them the deepest discount on the commission because they don't know how to sell their value because they don't value themselves and what they bring to the table. So you have to arm yourself with, you know, the knowledge and with your value and setting the expectations and what you're going to do for them to sell. But I would definitely on the front end, you know, make sure you're taking care of your business and you're putting yourself out there as somebody who is selling real estate, who is staying in front of your, your clients in the community as somebody who's proficient in your craft. And um, that way you're, you, you're most likely going to be top of mind. If you're doing the right things with the right people, then you have a higher chance of being top of mind whenever they hear somebody say, oh, I'm thinking about selling my house. Who do you recommend? 
or, Hey, I'm thinking about selling my house. And the other person injects like, Oh my God, I have the perfect realtor for you. And that's where it's at. It's not about sending a bunch of, you know, marketing to, um, canvassing a, a neighborhood. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's doing that. And, and, and right now, I don't know about you guys, but I get a call or a text message every single day from an investor saying, Hey, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to give you an offer on your house and they say my address or they'll call me and say, hey, were you thinking about selling? No, no, I'm not. But you need to be well versed so you can answer to that um, and just let people know half the half the battle up front, letting people know what you do for a living and who you are and how to contact you. Once Sounds a discount good. agent, always a discount agent, because your clients are going to talk, and if they ever tell any of their friends that, hey, you gave me That's a percent on this house, they're going to expect that out of you. You can't get 6%, so yeah. uh, yeah. a discount agent, always a discount agent. Yeah, so I think I'm going to ask one last question. There, there was a few questions on here, and I think we're running out of time, but, but I think this is a really great question. Um, Mary asked, um, what is the best thing that has happened to you while working in the business? I'm going to ask Bill this first because he's been in the business. Maybe. I'm the old guy. <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, um, the, the best thing that ever happened to me early on, uh, I worked for Karen Durr and I, you know, a young pup with no experience, you know, she taught me to go build these relationships. So um, Delphal in it at uh, what was Commonwealth title. I mean, we went together, we had dinner and, and look, I had a resource and I was constantly calling him to, you know, tell me what shortage in the area it is. Tell me, you know, can you pull this title work? Can you tell me again? Can you give me the information so that I look smart in front of the client at closing, building relationship with the title company, building relationship with the lender, building relationship with an inspector, building relationship with a home warranty company. Uh, and, and look, I'll be honest with you. I use charter title, I, it, which is Michelle Medina, which is really still Dell full and whatever. And I get a thousand title companies contact me a, a month and send me those same rodeo tickets or a basket from Serlikov or whatever, which I think is great. They need to find them a new agent that needs the same relationship that they can bond with. I'm not going to go to 42 different title companies because I know for the last 23 years, I've, my transactions have been at that one title company and they'll help me with everything that I need there. So Really, that was the best thing that I, best advice that I could get, you know, find you a, an inspector over here that you can call and say, look, I got a funny bug. Can you just come look at it? So we're out of the option period, but this bug came up or, you know, or be able to ask these sort of questions. An insurance agent, you, you've got to build great relationships with these people. And then you can build more and more and more relationships, but you got to at least have one uh, that, that you one. can always count on so that you look smarter in front of your clients when you call, you know, get back to them. You don't know everything. Yeah, you want to look smart. That's right. You'll look a lot smarter. <laughs> How about and you? then my other deal, every day I do wake up, I have a chance to sell a house every day. <laughs> Something can happen and I can sell a house. I, I get a, I'll get a phone call or someone will refer me. And I mean, that is a beautiful thing. If I'm Jose Altuve, I may not get to play every day, right? I only play every third day, but at, in our arena, we get the chance to sell a house every day. That's a pretty amazing feeling to know that I, I have the chance today to sell a house, which will make someone happy and me a little bit of money. That's awesome. 
How I already know. I already know what the best part is for uh, for the rest of the panelists. It's being featured in the Houston Earl Producers. I mean, I mean, come on. Zach Ray Razor. I'm just kidding. Go 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 ahead, Lisa. Yeah. Ask them what's up. Where are they at? Best part of uh, being in the biz. Well, yeah. What was the best thing that happened to you while working in in real estate? Who are you directing it to? Kim. Kimberly. Uh, oh, to me. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Um. So. You know, for for me, um, it's something that I've I've shared before. I've shared it with you, Taylor. It's very personal, um, for for me, and it's just tied into uh, tied into real estate. But it's the opportunities that it affords me to be able to give back on a on a grander scale. Um, I, I believe in um, you know, I believe in living your living your life as a legacy. What you know, if you die, you know, today. What's going to be left behind? What change were you able to, you know, to make? Whenever I got into real estate, um, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I had a, a daughter who she's handicapped. We were at Texas Children's Hospital for, for four and a half months. Um, whenever I was 19 years old, that four and a half months ended up costing about $1.2 million dollars. Um, my, my life kind of ended like I, I knew it and I had spent the next, you know, years, you know, instead of going to, to college and, you know, and working and being with friends and living those years of my life, it was dedicated to that, to that baby girl, um, who, who survived and, uh, you know, whenever I could, I would give back, you know, the, the change things that they have in Walmart, whenever they ask you at a gas station to give back $5, uh, McDonald's, the Ronald McDonald house, you know, we were in the Ronald McDonald house for, for a while. And, you know, so I'd give back, you know, pennies, dollars, $5, you know, and that was big for me back, back then because I didn't have it. Um, and one of the things that real estate has afforded for me was the opportunity to give back on that uh, grander scale and to be able to inspire others to, to give back and realize how many people have been touched, you know, by different organizations. And there's a lot of, you know, different charities that I, that I champion, but this one in, in you know, in particular, um, I became a miracle agent, uh, the liaison for Children's Miracle Network. She, she contacted me. She heard about my, my daughter, my family. Um, we, we became spokespeople. I got to hear my, my daughter, she was blind, autistic and had cerebral palsy. She could play, you know, the instruments, she could play the piano, she could play the acoustic guitar. Um, she could hear one song on the radio and, and play it back for you. And she got the opportunity, we got the opportunity to speak at George R. Brown Convention Center instead of a hun hundreds, in front of hundreds of youth um, raising, you know, dollars for the organization. And that was a really crazy time because at that same time, I was working with a basketball player who wanted to see a house. It was either show, you know, a million dollar house or be at my daughter's, you know, performance and speak at, you know, CMN and get paid nothing, you know, except for what you, what you get back, you know, from, from the heart on that. I chose to go to, you know, George R. Brown, of course, to um, to support CMN, and I lost that client. And I'm really glad that I did because that is the that is the only time I got to see her perform. She passed away whenever she was 11 years old with a severed artery in her heart. Um, figuring out real estate after that was really tough, but one of the things that I learned was to keep her legacy going and to keep, you know, keep giving, keep giving back. 
Um, I don't know if you know you guys know, but Remax is affiliated with Children's Miracle Network, and 100% of our local dollars go to Texas Children's Hospital. Um, so I really championed that in the beginning and afterwards. And so far, just you know, my office and my friends have raised over $80,000 for that charity. And you know, it's not $1.2 million yet, but it's certainly a far way from you know quarters and a five dollars. And I can't tell you how much that means to me whenever I see other people in their pride giving back to different, you know, organizations and being able to give back on, on that level, no matter what charity it is. That's, that's an amazing story, Kimberly. Phenomenal, fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, gosh, you know, I just, that's amazing. First off, I mean, I hope we can all give a round of applause, you know, Zoom-wise to Kimberly just for being such an amazing shining light of what a true real estate agent is and it's not about the transactions it's about everything outside of that uh and so thank you for sharing that amazing story you know um i you know i sold books door to door i said that earlier adam outlands on the call i know he was a five-year books door to door kind of guy too so uh we know the struggle of, of grit and the pride you get from the work but you know other than being in the top uh 200 for for houston real producers um, the proudest thing is this business is tough. You have to make the choices like Kimberly said. You have to make decisions to go with a person like Bill said. And whether you do it or not, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like you. And this business took me to faith. And so that's my proudest moment. When I got in this business, I wasn't a professing Christian. I got in 2016. I got baptized in 2017. And as we go on, you know, having those Bible studies and those hard conversations about what's really important, our team looks at our business as a ministry. So just like Kimberly's being a minister to the Children's Miracle Network, which Remax um, supports, and yes, the dollars do go to Texas Children's here locally, which is amazing, awesome organization. But we look at it as a chance to touch our clients' lives, to show them about, you know, how amazing the next life can be. So we try and be a beacon of light and hope and serenity during this time for them, but also for our employees too, that we can teach them the gospel and show them how amazing Jesus is, that he sacrificed himself for us uh, and we don't even deserve it. So there's a lot of proud moments that we've had transactionally, but the pride that you get for something outside of this industry that this, this job has provided us to do is going to keep you going in this business. If you're here just to show homes because you think it's fun, or you're here just to collect a paycheck because you think you're going to make a ton of money in this business, I'm sorry, but you need to get out now. But if you're here to do something bigger and better than what you think you're capable of for you and people, your clients that you serve in your community, this is the exact perfect business for you to get in and hustle in. Wow. Thank yeah. you, guys. I'll ditto again. I mean, I think if you, if you Google me, I'm always very proud. It comes up philanthropist and realtor it comes up community yeah. activists and real i mean it's never realtor first with me i mean I've, I've spent 20 years working in community activism and you know local issues whatever but it's always it's it's and i think that's very important that, and there is a sense of pride that really i never look i was a poor boy from huntsville i used to think thirty thousand dollars a year was a lot of money and i certainly thought a hundred thousand dollar house was a expensive house it's afforded us to do so many other things and you can help so many people and you can help your agents help other people. And, yeah. and I, I think that's the thing that we're all really saying. Here. Yeah. I mean, Taylor, you're a Rotarian, right? 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, service above self. I mean, look at the guy who's putting this on and has created this for the community. It's about serving the community. I mean, Taylor lives it by what he does and what he's been doing, taking his time out of his day and raising his boys by himself to do this type of stuff for us. I mean, you don't have to do everything that we're doing just fine. Like they said, like our panelists said, find what you're best at, find your niche and spend your time there. Serve what you love. And this job is fun. Serve in things to try and be like everybody else. And you're going to hate this job and regret everything you did. Make it a lifestyle, not a job. Guys, I'm about to wrap up. Lisa, do you want to, you want to say any final things before I, uh, before I wrap up? I think this was great. I, I, you guys were amazing. And I, I, I can still learn a lot from y'all. So you may hear from me. I mean, everybody that's watching has something amazing to share. It's right. not just us. You guys are experts as well too. teach us. We need to learn. We are constantly trying to learn. Yeah. Guys, this is phenomenal. It always is. And I think it was a fantastic way to kind of wrap up my panel version of what we've been doing with our monthly mastermind masterclass season this year. I got, got some, you know, recap notes. Kimberly, just, uh, just ripping the mic. You, you, you're, you're on a roll all day or all morning. I appreciate it a lot, but you lead with your heart. And I think that that shows and you're a big servant. And you know, you know how to serve. Zach, being yourself and being transparent, you know, I, I think you did a fantastic job speaking of that and coming in, knew that that's what you were going to share. And I think we got it. Bill, uh, drink wine and use whiteboards. You know, that's important. <laughs> <Drink wine. laughs> I'm just kidding, man. You know your shit. That was, I think, underlining, like, you know, if you know what you're doing, then uh, people are going to appreciate that. You know, don't need to sugarcoat it. And uh, at least you killed it. You know, I think the world of you, you're phenomenal. All y'all individually on your own, you know, island. And uh, it's just, it's, it's so cool, you know, watching you guys kind of perform and shine and give back and share the knowledge that you guys have, uh, have figured out. You know, I mean, yes, you were helped and coached and mentored up along the way. But I mean, a lot of this is just uh, the people that you aspired and wanted to, you had the desire to learn to be who you, who you are currently. So, uh, all right, we got, got some announcements and I got a good friend, special guest appearance, speaking about giving back, give them a quick intro in two seconds, but we're giving away Jeremy is Red Star, two free, $100 each, Matterports. The winner's simple, click on the trigger, type, it's Jeremy Red Star with, uh, Jeremy Benefil with Red Star Home Inspections. And the way that you win is you go to Zoom chat box and you type in Red Star. My team, pay attention and pick the first two people up. Don't give it to a vendor. I just don't think that makes sense. But, you know, first two realtors that type Red Star in the chat box. I don't um, know if Lisa's qualified. <laughs> who? What? What? Lisa, I don't know if you're qualified, honey. <laughs> She's great. I can give her away. I think that's fair. Um, but whatever. You type in Red Star. Just let me know when we have two people because I'm not looking at the chat box right this second. Our first, so. two, our first two are Lisa and Deborah Christian. All right, Go cool. to the next one. Ah. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, just text I got Red Star phone. Your info. Keep rolling here. Everybody. So um <laughs> there's another one right under me. Lindsay, you can pick the next person. I was just playing. All right. So last couple of announcements. Um, Kimberly and Lisa, this kind of both goes for y'all. You know, we got we got to meet and get connected on uh, the boat parties, which this was gonna be our third summer in a row, and we missed them. We've done one, we did one 18 and 19. We did uh, one in Connor, one in Kima phenomenal in June or July. We did them like two, three weeks, you know, right within the same month. So if you didn't want to go north, you could go south and vice versa. And they were fun. So hopefully 2021, those will be back. So be looking out for that. 
Um, and then, and then Zach and Bill, we got these natural disaster memories. You know, I, I said it earlier, like you're my last appointment, the day of Harvey, it came that night. Like we were at one yeah. plaza downtown. We're looking at the weather. We had a great view <laughs> up there, 49th floor. Yeah, I, I got to get out of here. He goes, you know, he goes and hunkers down and I didn't see him again for like a half a year. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and then, and then Bill, we, we tried to force a, a COVID-19 appointment. We were texting when, I mean, when, when the whole, thing was shutting down you know and uh, Feb, like march 1st or whatever we're like yeah yeah i'll still meet you and i'm like yeah i'll still meet you too and then I, yeah every day was getting worse and we, we i still never met bill in person so again thank you so much for being here today sir I, I appreciate you a lot and looking forward to seeing a future story on you in the future okay that being said got a few minutes left but uh, adam outland is uh he's my business coach he's coach doug loser who i know is on the call hanging out in the background a real good personal friend of mine and um, man, I think the world of him, he coaches a lot of the top 500 agents and just a bunch of other great people in the industry. But speaking about giving back, he's got something super special. So I wanted to be able to share this real quick before we get out of here. So Adam Outland, take it away, please, sir. Thanks for giving me the time, Taylor. Appreciate that a ton. And I know you do have a big- Yes, my pleasure. So um, awesome to hear that Zach sold books. So that was an awesome shout out. Yeah, we apparently sold books at the same time door to door. So it tells you a little bit of how crazy I am, 85 hour weeks. <laughs> knocking. And uh, Kimberly, good to see you again. It was awesome. Been able to spend a little time in your office uh, last year. And then Bill is my uh, practical neighbor in the Heights. And I see your for sale sign on the house right next to mine every day, Nick's property there. So uh, love it. Um, anyway, awesome seeing these panelists. It just thanks the 120 seconds on this team. I uh, get so attached to Kimberly's passion on service and, and what she shared there. There's so many good, good things to give towards, but we, we really created an awesome competition for you guys on this call uh, for the months of October and November. So all inclusive, if you're in real estate or you're in mortgage, those are the two industries. Um, a lot of you guys are making it rain right now. Um, it's just kind of a wild scenario where the market's actually doing well in real estate and, and especially in mortgages. And so we put this contest as a way to give back together to make it fun and to, to fully integrate um, your level of service into what you do. And so in partnership with Luminary, um, which I think is such a cool organization, they do social entrepreneurship for young people across the city of Houston. They recruit underserved youth to, to develop and teach them how to run a business and do photography and videography as a skill set. And attached to that is Cornerstone Family Ministries, the other side of this organization that does after-school programs so needed right now for underserved youth. They, they take these kids, they, they mentor them, uh, they help them with homework. They do after-school work, um, kind of like Boys and Girls Club. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, and, and there's a little Christian bent to that one. So uh, love both of that. They're, they're kind of a collective organization to serve the underserved youth of Houston. And this is, this is what we're doing. Um, if you are up to the challenge for just the months of October and November, you can commit to giving $50, $100, or $150 on real estate per transaction, or if you're a lender per loan, um, and just like make it a competition, like at, take yourself out of the equation for those two months and ask yourself, can I just be about other people and, and commit to service? And I think it's just, man, you'll, you'll fight so hard for those deals and you'll be able to look your customers in the eye and say, hey, we're, we're taking a chunk of everything you do. We're pouring it right back into the city that, that we belong to and the kids that are part of it. So if you're into that, I'm going to drop the, the link to, to how you can make your commitment in there. We'd love to have you. And uh, just one more thing we can all be doing to, to lift up the community around us. So Taylor, thank you so hey, much for letting me speak to that. 
Thank you. And please drop it in not just Zoom, because that's going to be over just a second here, but drop it on Facebook, because, uh, you know, that's uh, that's not going anywhere, right? And the Zoom link will here in a minute. So please uh, drop the info on that there. All right, I'm going to share my screen because uh, this is going to be fun. One last big shout out to uh, to these guys. Tell me if y'all can see this. I don't want to screw this up. Can y'all see this? Can I get a yes from anybody? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. big shout out to, yeah, those are, those are who you got to hear from. So reach out to them. Thank them. You learned something today. Let them know. Okay. Reach out, connect with them. Nancy, have uh, your son <laughs> call Lisa. But no, great people, obviously. And thank you so much for uh, for your time and spending some time with us. We really appreciate having you. Again, those are six master class panel uh, that we had this year. And um, and I do have, um, okay, yeah, check, check this out. So this right here, the link in my team, if you could drop it again, drop it on Facebook comments. This is my YouTube channel and all these interviews there's so many of them in here and there's just a ton of great value. Kimberly's story, she was on Disruption Nation. It's her and I, you know, for a half an hour, Lisa's been on it too. And um, Zach and Bill, we need to have that conversation. But anyway, there's 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 tons of, of value in videos right here. So that's a good resource for you. I just want to point that out. And then uh, surprise, okay? This is the last panel I'm doing this year, but since it's COVID, I'm like, well, whatever, we get creative anyway. So I got two more events. I'm doing one in October. It's Mr. Thank You, John Israel, friend of mine. We go way back. And then the guy 20 years, him, I, and Hal Elrod, who I think uh, Kimberly dropped me the morning as, uh, as a book. Uh, we're, we're all good. We're all ex-Cutco guys. We all sold books. I sold knives. Like <laughs> It's kind of, we cut from the same cloth. But, uh, but anyway, so we're doing a deal on October 15th. And I mean, that's, I haven't even launched really anything. Y'all are kind of the first people to hear about it. I will be sending out some information on that. I will have some sponsorship stuff available on that. He does have a book out that's awesome. And he's doing a 45 minute keynote on staying up for you people, being unforgettable and you know, elaborating honestly on some of the topics that we shared today. So uh, it's gonna be great and I'm looking forward to it. And um, and I think that is uh, that is all that I got. Yeah, my screen won't, won't, won't go sideways anymore. So I'm, I am so done. When are you gonna do like a top producers cook off? Yeah, I need a win in some category, so let's have a cook off. How are you gonna do it? We're gonna like drive by, and you're gonna put like gumbo in our, you know, in our laps as we keep going. Drive by, vote for your best. So, um, yeah, guys, I love you so much. Seriously, thank y'all for being here. My team, Lindsay, thank you for being here. Adam, everybody, Zach, y'all killed it. Bill, you guys are great. All the partners, all the sponsors, uh, you know, that, that make this happen for, for y'all, for us, for the community. It's a, uh, it's cool. It's a cool thing, you know. So I think I think we're making a difference in uh, in, in sharing some fantastic information to uh, to a lot of people. So it's uh, it is all good. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll see y'all in a month. Oh, well, MasterclassHouston.com. That's the link I was showing you, by the way. Uh, Lindsay, can we drop that on the Facebook feed too for uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Thank you, the guy I was just talking about. That's it. I'm done. Y'all have a great week. Call me if you need me. Thank you. Call, call, email, text, Bye, you guys. Very classy. Thank you.